This is Andy Thomas from the Masculine Journey Podcast, where we discover what it means to be a wholehearted man. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. Oh, I cannot tell you the treat that we have for you today. I have long anticipated this actual (laughs) show in so many different ways. I'm really excited uh, with the guest that we have lined up for you today. I think you're going to be so glad. We also have a very impressive gift today, if you can answer my riddle. So we got all sorts of good stuff coming for you. So first off, we have with us Rabbi Matthew, am I saying it right, Panak? Ponak. Ponak, oh good, I want to get it right. And so he is the author of Embodied Kabbalah, Jewish Mysticism for All People. And so should I say Shabbat Shalom? Would that be a good thing to say this morning, Rabbi? Sounds like a great way to start. (laughs) Shabbat Shalom. It is. So I have to, to, just to whet my audience's appetite, I have to say you have a YouTube video that I saw that was a a six-year-old explanation on Shuvah. Um, that was just like, oh my goodness, everybody needs to hear this. Um, and I hope you could kind of, because I don't know that our listeners would know what Shuv is, if you could kind of sure. explain what that is, and just so that our listeners would go, man, this, this is going to be worth listening to today. Absolutely. So Shuva is, a, it could be translated as repentance or returning, that when we make mistakes or if we wrong someone, Chuva is the process that we can go through to, to make that right. And it also includes when we, when we make mistakes between us and God or between us and our, our true selves. Right. Okay. And so what Would you like to hear the, the six-year-old I, explanation? I, I, I love it. I, oh, absolutely. Fantastic. So I, I heard this from uh, someone I knew many years ago who had heard it from his uh, six-year-old brother. And it's essentially, the teaching is that we have uh, a string that connects us to God. And when we make a mistake, and, or that same string connects between our hearts as well. When we make a mistake, it's like that string breaks. And so the process of repenting or returning or apologizing or doing that, that inner work to get back into connection, it's like tying that string, those two broken ends back together. And what happens when we break a string and we tie it back together, the knot means that the distance between the two ends is now shorter. The actual process of breaking and then repairing and reconnecting, it brings us not just back to where we were before, but even closer to God, even closer to our beloveds, even closer to ourselves. And that's the true meaning of tshuva and repentance in that sense, is not returning back to neutral, but actually growing through that opportunity to heal. Yeah, and you said in the video, and I think it's so true, it's not only that way with God, but it's that way in other relationships, because I can't tell you the number of people that, you know, we fell out of fellowship for whatever reason. And then when we were able to actually reach that point where we retied the knot, we were closer than ever because I don't you know. It just works that way. 
absolutely. If if two people are are willing to go there, you know, and and be open and honest and vulnerable and and you know keep keep love between them, the the process of of having that fracture that mistake can be tremendously healing. And you know, it's you know you have a real friend, for example, not when you can just have good times together, but when you can go through the bad and and work through it. And that's that's a, that's a deeper level of friendship. That's it's just beautiful. Again, I'm so excited to hear about embodied Kabbalah, but also today we have. And I'm hoping I get your name right. I think it's Jeannie Rodriguez. Am I saying that right, Jeannie? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay. And sort of a tragic story that, that you wrote on. It says, bride killed on honeymoon, but hope survives. Like, wow. Yes. And, and this yes. had to do with your daughter-in-law, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, Crystal was her name. And uh, the book I wrote was When Hope Met Hopelessness. And it was it was an incredible time as far as uh, when Crystal was dating my son Victor, and we loved him like a daughter. And um, they went on their honeymoon, and the day before coming home, they decided to parasail together, and there was a malfunction, equipment malfunction, and they fell eighty feet, and they hit the water, and she died. And my son, it was in the beginning, they weren't sure if he'd survive. And after six weeks of being in intensive care, um, he had been medevac from um, Bahamas to, to Florida on to California. But it was, it was a, such a catastrophic loss. Oh, yeah. So you can see we are loaded for bear today on Kingdom Pursuit. And so I, I know you guys may not be familiar, but I always have to tell my jokes and I have to give my listeners the riddle. So you gotta be, you gotta just sit through this and, and endure somehow, but I, I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh, I do love this. I absolutely do. And I'm so grateful for you listening today. And, and we have some really really good interesting riddle so i as i was thinking about you know the bride that was killed on the honeymoon i hope you don't find this tasteless but it's kind of where i went okay so speaking of bride right and feel free to answer this rabbi or or genie whichever one you know why should guitar players always marry guitar players have you thought about that so they can be in harmony with each other? Close, close. <laughs> so they can be in one accord. Accord. Oh. <laughs> That's very close. Yes, I like that. And next up on the hit parade, why did the man play Sweet Caroline? You don't remember? Sweet Caroline, right? Those of us who live in the Carolinas love it. And, you know, when he proposed, that's what he, he played. You know why he would do that? That's pretty exciting. Times never seem so good. Ah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, the real deal is he 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 wanted to show off his Neil Diamond. Oh. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, why should you always go to the marriage ceremony if you run into one of these where there is a marriage ceremony between the TV repairman of some kind? You always want to go to that marriage ceremony. Do you know why, Christian? You got any ideas? I have no idea. Ah! 
How about you, Jeannie? You got any ideas? <laughs> no. Uh, the reception's going to be awesome. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right, so you knew at the end of the shenanigans we'd actually have a riddle that you could call in and win, and oh my goodness, do we have a prize for you today if you can answer this riddle. Okay, here it goes. So if you go to a Jewish wedding, which I highly recommend, they're spectacular, you will note that the bride will encircle the groom actually seven times. And I'm, I'm kind of guessing, I don't know, that... Um, you know, it's to make sure the groom doesn't feel cornered. <laughs> you might get that later anyway. So with that, you know, which book of the Bible or the Torah, depending on how you like to say that, which book of the Bible do you find that the bride encircles the groom? Where, What book of the Bible would you find a verse on the bride encircles the groom? If you have the answers to that... Guys, tell them what they'll win. They're going to win a pair of tickets to Wake Forest versus North Carolina, Tuesday, February 7th. We're not kidding. We have Carolina tickets. So Wake Forest, Carolina, like, oh, my goodness, you can go to that game. All you got to do, and you might even have to turn to Google. I don't know what you might have to do to find it, but I promise you it's in the Bible. The bride will encircle the groom. What book do you find that in? 866-348-7884. Of course, we're going to take the first caller. 866 866- 348-7884. We would love for you to call in and win. And so, Rabbi, I, I love, love, love that verse. I won't tell what Bible, what verse it's in. Oh, well, we got to go to a break. So when we come back, we're going to hear more from uh, Rabbi Matthew Ponek. I'll get it right. And Jeannie Rodriguez, as we are embodying Kabbalah, and we're going to find out about when hope met hopelessness. Stay tuned. So much more. Kingdom Pursuits coming up. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And we are beyond blessed today to have with us Rabbi Matthew Panak. Did I say it right that time? Rabbi Matthew Ponak. Ponak. You're getting there. I, I'm gonna, Ponak. Oh, my goodness. My poor brain. Um, and he's the author of Embodied Kabbalah, Jewish Mysticism for All People. I'm so excited to get into that, as well as Jeannie Rodriguez. And she is the author of When Hope Met Hopelessness. By the way, I should mention that both those books are available at kingdompursuits.com. All you have to do is go there, and you can just click on the link to Amazon. And when you buy a book, okay, always remember to leave them a wonderful I mean, people get so, you can imagine how God put it on their heart to write this book. And, and so if you could give them a review on, on, on Amazon and that kind of thing, it means so much to that um, author. So I always like to mention yeah. that. But also, I would also mention, and how fun, I have Mitch is actually in Indiana this morning. So Mitch, you are on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Good morning. So what station in Indiana are you listening to? It is one hundred six point five. Oh, cool! I don't, 
I don't know for sure the letters of that, but that's the one I'm listening to this morning. Well, we thank you for doing that. So, are you going to be able to come to the Carolina? <laughs> It'll be worth it. I, I assure you, but uh, you know it's okay. I don't know. I just I like playing the the well, research I, games. I, 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 like I love it that, too. So. so we will say if you don't want those tickets, which is totally understandable, and I know somebody should, will, and so you know we'll just give it to the next caller. But we'll send you a special prize because if you have this answer, I'm going to be impressed. So. I'm already knowing I'm going to be impressed because you called in, Mitch. <laughs> so, who or what book of the Bible would you find that in? Joshua. Joshua. That's interesting. Where do you find it in the book of Joshua? Joshua 6, I think it's right. Okay. It, it talks about it being a symbolic show that he captured the heart of her uh, beloved uh, just as Joshua captured the cry of Jericho by marching around it seven times. That is awesome. You know, that's not actually, there's two books in the Bible where it's mentioned then, and not, you just taught me something. So it's it's Joshua 6 what, do you know? Uh, it does not lay it out for sure, but basically it says that Rabbi Benjamin Bleck, I think, mm-hmm. in the complete... A uh, guy to understanding Judaism says that seven circuits stand for the seven times in the Bible where it is written when a man takes a wife and the bride also symbolically shows that she has captured the heart of her beloved just as Joshua captured the city of Jericho by marching around it seven times. Joshua 6 is all they put. Well, he's right. Joshua 6 is, is definitely where they marched around Jerusalem seven times. However, and I'm going to give it, believe me, this is an awesome answer, and I'm going to go look at Joshua 6 again, but there's actually another book in the Bible, which people could call in that wanted the tickets, by the way, and we'll just throw that out there, because if you can mention the Bible verse where it actually mentions the bride encircling the groom, um, we'll give those two tickets to you as well. But thank you so much, Mitch, and we're going to send you out a book, so I'm going to put you back on hold, and they will get your information. And so I know, Rabbi, that everybody, we, we don't want to go into the verse where it actually is mentioned, but I would love your take on that custom. Well, uh, the, the answer that was just given, uh, I would, uh, the word in Hebrew for that kind of answer that where he, this uh, caller was looking it up is a drash. It means a, an interpretation. And yes, there was a seven circles around Jericho, but the, the actual, if you want to find where a woman encircles a man, that is elsewhere literally in in the bible but there's lots of interpretations that are given you can find seven in many places in the bible so the way that i like to to connect it which actually the rabbi who married me and my wife uh used at our wedding was that when you get married it's it's like you're creating a new world together and so the seven days of creation are symbolized in those seven circles so that's for me personally how i i draw meaning from it and how i when i've done uh when i've helped uh, with a friend's wedding recently. That's the, the intention I was bringing into that as well. Oh, yeah, you get to do that. I hadn't thought about that. That's really, that's really, really cool. And, and that kind of is a neat introduction into Kabbalah because I imagine that there are a lot of our listeners that have never heard that word. Um, but I know that, that, that it's a significant part of your faith, right? Yeah, so Kabbalah is uh, 
uh, Jewish spiritual tradition that was written down for the first time about a thousand years ago, but likely had threads that go back uh, even farther than that. And what it's really about is understanding that there are many layers of our world between us and God. It's not just sort of all physical, all spiritual. Kabbalah understands there's a ladder or a, a spectrum, and people who engage with Kabbalah, one of the main things that's going on there is they're finding a way to be a bridge between uh, spirituality and physicality, to not just have a, an enriching spiritual life that's transcendent, but also to be bringing it back home into their relationships and into their, into their lives, into their work lives, the way they're treating others, and it's really to, to be a blessing in the world is, is, is the goal of that whole path. Right, and which is exactly what we're supposed to be. <laughs> so, I would agree, yes. I mean, it's exactly to bring light wherever and however we possibly can. So, you know, that's, that's, that's really cool. So in your book, like when you, when you wrote it, you know, what was the, I'm sure there was something that you're like, man, I can hardly wait till somebody reads this. This is going to be awesome. What, what would that be? Well, there's, there are schools of thought, and you can find this in different traditions, within Judaism, without, that spirituality can be seen as something that's used to escape the world. And when I was very, when I was a lot younger on my own journey, I was a teenager and I had traveled to Israel and I was learning in a seminary there. Without, unfortunately at that time, I didn't have much mentorship or guidance, and I, I, I found that I was, you know, I had a, a natural ability to have blissful moments and prayer and study and things like that. But what I didn't know how to do was keep my feet on the ground. And I, I actually got overwhelmed when I was there. I mean, pretty dramatically. And it was, it was quite fracturing and difficult. And it took me a couple of years to really figure out what had gone on. And through that journey, I ended up kind of moving outside of my own tradition and, and looking elsewhere. And eventually I realized that there was this whole world of grounded spirituality that kind of was created for people like me, that where transcending wasn't the hard part. The hard part was staying balanced. The hard part was staying in relationship in a healthy way to this world. So embodied Kabbalah are specifically teachings from the last thousand years of, of Jewish spiritual writings that focus on the notion that it's really about integration. It's really about that balance that we are not fulfilling uh, of spiritual life until we can find a connection point between the world beyond and the world that's right here. Uh, and so that, that's a big part of it. But the other part, it's the subtitle, Jewish Mysticism for All People. A lot of these texts have not been translated before into English. Uh, and certainly you can translate a, a text, but they're very symbolic and metaphorical. And so I've commented on it to open it up to people of any background who have an interest in this kind of, uh, in kind of spiritual pursuits. So I, I feel like really just opening the gates widely uh, to, to this really amazing and quite esoteric or hidden tradition for a long time. And that's, th those are the two big motivations for why I'm putting it out there. That is wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's your journey. And so, you know, that, that, that's so practical, you know, and with how God, you know, came along and helped you. You know, you're going to show others that, that, that way, which is exactly what happened with you too, Jeannie, right? Because apparently, yeah. yeah, you were in a situation like, oh, my goodness, I, 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 I can't even imagine um, your own son is in critical condition. She, he's lost his, his bride. And, and so... 
you know, I know our all listeners are, are wondering what happened. Well, it was it was incredible how not only the the church came alongside. In fact, word got out so fast about Crystal's death. Within an hour, my pastor called me and told me he was having his assistant get his tickets to the Bahamas. And a friend came by and put a wad of money in my hand and told me that she knew we would need it. Friends started coming by and praying and crying with us. And friends did our laundry, so we had clean clothes for the trip. And one of the, some of the incredible things was when we were in the Bahamas, you know, they don't have the same equipment as the United States. We are spoiled. Um, when I was in the, the ICU, I looked around, and the the uh, the beds were rusted, and there was like a fly trap, you know, the kind that the flies stick to. Right, the, the <laughs> fly tape. Yeah, that's it. That's a little disgusting. And, I understand. Yeah, you you know what I'm saying. And but but the doctors were so compassionate. The nurses were wonderful. But they got to the point where they're giving him blood, but they they can't find where you know. Obviously, there's internal bleeding. Uh, but they didn't have CTs, you know, CAT scans. And so they suggested you to try to, you know, uh, medevac them. Medevacs are very expensive. So the closest would be Florida. It was going to cost almost $10,000. Let me tell you, Robbie, we are not rich people, but yeah. we had a credit card. And we said, you know what? We'll just charge it. But right before, I remembered one of the... Uh, my friends who I worked, I worked for the church, Bayside Church, and uh, she had come by and she said, people are calling saying they want to help and donate money. So I called her up to say, you know, I don't know how much people have given. Oh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to leave there with how did God pay for that helicopter ride? And when we come (laughs) back, we're going to hear more and oh, we've got some, I can hardly wait for the next couple segments of Kingdom Pursuits. I want to mention again, go to kingdompursuits.com to find these books, um, both embodied Kabbalah, as well as Hope, When Hope Met Hopelessness. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And I just want to be clear, I'm really like shocked that somebody has not gotten these Wake Forest Carolina tickets. Like these are gold. All right. And I, I, I don't know if you caught it that, that the caller didn't get them. So there is a book in the Bible where it's specifically mentioned. And so all you have to do is tell us in which book of the Bible does the bride encircle the groom? 866-348-7884-866-34. Truth is number call in and win, because you may know that nobody has ever called in in the history of Kingdom Pursuits of the 18 years or whatever I've been doing this. It was originally called Robbie's Hobbies back years ago. I have... <laughs> My producers are looking at me going, yeah, nobody's ever not won. So, you know, this is not hard. If you want these tickets, make it happen. Okay, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to win. 866-348-7884. So, Rabbi, one of the things I would love you to speak to, because I, I feel like so many Christians misunderstand this concept, 
And I think it's really, really helpful to understand the concept. It's really helpful to me. And so I would love for you to try to explain it from your perspective is that a lot of Christians believe that they're, when they hear the idea of 613 mitzvah or commandments, that, 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 that the Jewish people do this out of a legalistic type of thing, like they do this because they feel obligated and all these kind of things. But what I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I would love to, to get the correct view, is that, you, that actually you, there's a point of communion in doing what God asks you to do. And so just like what you're talking about through Kabbalah, that, that there's a connection, it's that string that you're talking about, that as you're actually doing what God asks you to do, that there's a connection between you and him in the process of that, right? Absolutely. And I'll say two things. One is that Jewish people today, there's a real, there's a real diversity of practice. And so I, I can speak on behalf of myself and maybe, you know, people like me, but there's many different understandings on, on this particular item and, and how much people are beholden versus how much it's, you know, uh, these are choices for how to live a good life, that kind of thing. But the, the teaching to me that really spells it out the most clearly, uh, a teacher from a few hundred years ago basically took a word from Aramaic and said, this word is related to the word mitzvah. The word mitzvah can often be translated as commandment, but the word savta in Aramaic, very similar word, uh, in its root, it means attachment or connection. So he, exactly like you were saying, in fact, Robbie, that he saw the mitzvot, the commandments, as opportunities to connect with God. They're, they're inroads, they're connection points. Uh, it's, you know, if someone's in a marriage, they try to, you know, go, still go on dates and try to find time to connect. And, and, you know, it's partly there are obligations involved in a marriage, of course, but there's all, there also, these are all connection opportunities. So when I think about something like Shabbat or, or like studying scripture, studying the Torah, studying the Bible or any other, other text, I, I do it out of love primarily. I'm not worried about fear of punishment or, or following, you know, things incorrectly like that. It's, these are opportunities to connect. So that's, that's how I understand it. And there's a lot of people, I guess, who have alignment to my, to this point of view today that I'm, I'm articulating. But I, again, I can't speak on behalf of the whole, the whole group. No, I, I absolutely love that because the, the point of if you do love somebody, right, you're going to do what you know they want you to do. <laughs> I mean, like, or you, you know, you're, you're going to be willing to, to, you know, lay down your life and whatever reason, you know, to some extent to, to do that, including, and I, I love taking the time to read the Torah because there you connect with God in such beautiful, amazing ways. And, 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 and that's happened. Um, as clearly as, as you've had an opportunity to share and write this book. And, and I know that you, Jeannie, have experienced that as well, but we have Scott is in Winston-Salem and he, he wants to win these tickets and we want him to win. <laughs> so Scott, you are on Kingdom Pursuits. Good morning. Great show. Pardon me? Listening uh, all morning too. Uh, Chris, our guy, Planet Rescue, all of them. Oh, well, thank you, Scott. I'm so glad. So what book of the Bible would you find that the bride encircles the groom? Well, that. I'm saying Ephesians, because they mention that a lot. Ephesians, the bridal this, bridal that. Well, you're right about that, so we're going to give you the ticket. <laughs> There's no doubt that the bride is mentioned in the book of Ephesians. I think if I'm not mistaken, the bride's probably mentioned in, in uh, out of the 66 books, at least 
66. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely right on that. But however, just well, so that no those, those wondering what Robbie was going to say, and I know the Matthew, uh, the Matthew, uh, Rabbi Matthew knows this as well. It's in the book of Jeremiah uh, where it says that actually the Lord is going to do a new thing. The, the bride encircles the groom. And so it's a, it's a spectacular picture uh, from my standpoint. Wow. And so, Scott, you win and enjoy the game, buddy. Go deep. Go deep. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. So I know our audience is also just sitting there on the edge of their seat like, oh, my goodness, what happened? How did your son get it paid for, Jeannie? <laughs> yes. Well, in fact, as it turns out, the, the church, um, enough people donated that it actually covers the 9,800. Are but you the, serious? Also, the incredible thing is how the community came around because the story was on the front page of the Sacramento Beat. And the, the Automobile Association of Greater Sacramento saw it and wanted to do something for them. And they ended up paying for the, you know, it was four and a half weeks later, um, a total of six weeks, where they medevaced him from Florida to California, and that was $25,000. Isn't that amazing? You know, I, I don't know if you're familiar with my story at all, Jeannie, but I was in a horrible car accident and almost lost my left leg and and had all sorts of interesting things along the lines of what your son went through. I was diagnosed with cancer that same fall. And as God came to my rescue in so many different ways, one of the things I know he was teaching me is how much I'm loved. Because there were so many people that poured out you know that I and I and honestly, I never would have done all that people did for me. <laughs> I don't, you know, that was what just got my attention. Like my Sunday school class came out and built a wheelchair ramp on the back of my house, and and all these people came to the emergency room when I came in at one o'clock in the morning. And in fact, the hospital said, "What church do you go to?" Because man, when you guys show up, you bring a crowd, you know. And I'll, I'll never forget all these things that happened. But you really, I can see it is the point of hope because. God teaches us in the time of crisis, man. He, he's got resources, right? Yes, yes. And even though we were, keep in mind, we had spent eight days in the Bahamas and then medevac to uh, Florida and was there for like over four weeks, people uh, were sending packages to Victor uh, to keep his spirits up as far as his... Uh, and they got, he, he loved the, the uh, Oakland A's. And they had one of the uh, pitchers uh, uh, call him. Ryan Reynolds called him. It oh. was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it, wow. know, it was incredible. We couldn't believe the things that were going on that really lifted his spirits. People were doing fundraisers. Oh, yeah. Um, no. So I got to ask the same. Because he had no insurance. I got to ask the same question I asked Matthew. You know, because I want people to buy your book because it's going to be great. All right. So when you were writing the book, and again, don't spill the candy. Just tell them why they need to read it. Like, what, what, what did you write about that you can hardly wait till people see this? Well, you know, in fact, I, I, there was a few reasons why I wrote it. It took me years to even get to the point of writing it. But I'm one of those who lost a loved one. I want them to know it's okay to grieve, that it's a process that lingers. And you, you can't speed it up no matter how much you try, but they need to sit in it for how, however long. 
And it's okay to cry, and it's okay to be mad at God. You know, he's big enough and strong enough, and he can handle it. But for them to know that he's always with them, even when they're angry with him. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, oh, I got a great question for you, Rabbi, when we come back along those lines. We only have a short period of time, but what a... What a treasure it's been to be with you guys today. We're going to be right back. One more segment of Kingdom Pursuits. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. And again, we have poster children for that today, and no doubt, we have Rabbi Matthew Panak. Did I do that? Ponak, Ponak, Rob. It's okay. Every time you make a mistake and we talk about it, our relationship grows closer. I'm thankful for it. Okay. Jeannie, thank you for um, not just... You know, whatever. Anyway, he is the author of Embodied Kabbalah, which is their Kingdom Pursuits, as well as Jeannie Rodriguez with The Bride, uh, excuse me, When Hope Met Hopelessness. Hopelessness. But anyway, Rabbi, yeah. as she was talking about this, and I would love to speak to you about this, is yeah. that grief is a process and it takes a long time. And, and there's a couple of verses in the Song of Solomon, and those who know me well know that's my favorite book in the Bible. And I know I'm mm-hmm. I'm droshing out like crazy here, but I just would love, love your view. Is that that when she says that our our bed is green, right? She says the roof of the, the um, beams of our house are cedar, and the rafters are cypress. That those trees grow really slowly because of that, their rings are very close together. It makes them phenomenally strong and phenomenally able to take on weather and all those kind of things. And and, and I, it speaks to the process of your faith that it that if you grow steadily and over a long period of time, you end up like a tree, which is righteous, right? That that goes up, to, you know that no doubt and those those close rings um give you this strength that you can only get you you don't get it by just jumping in there and growing real fast do you rabbi yeah absolutely and in fact i would say jumping in there and trying to go real fast usually creates a backlash because everything happens in its own it's in its own time and its own season and it can be overwhelming to feel like something's happening really slowly. That can be very painful. Grief does take a long time. One of the teachings about the Shabbat, about the Jewish Sabbath, which I think is, is fairly universal, is that that we can... It, like if someone is walking with a limp, for example, uh, on Shabbat, imagine if that person could walk perfectly straight. That, yes, they, they would never give up trying to walk straight, but if they never got that taste of what it's like to cross the finish line, then they might give up hope. So the slow journey, which is essential for our integrated natural development as human beings, we can also find times when we can find wholeness within that and punctuate that, whether it's on you know one day a week or it's just moments of peace and prayer that actually we need both feelings like we're going at the right pace and building those rings you know, layer by layer. 
and also feelings like the world is is beautiful just the way it is, and I am whole, and it is whole, and and together that makes a really sustainable path. You know that is absolutely beautiful because that that idea of Shabbat is is taking a rest and reflecting right on on what God's done for you know this week. If we absolutely, didn't, it's like man, if we didn't do it, it, it you know you you just passed on the opportunity to put a ring down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to and to tap in that all to all that's right in the world and all that is there to be celebrated. The Book of Psalms, uh, chapter one hundred, verse two says, uh, "You know, serve God with joy." And I hear stories that both of you and Jeannie were telling about having people visit visiting other people who are sick. I mean, that's one of the commandments that we have is visiting the sick. But it can be an incredibly heart opening, helpful, joyful occasion. And so I think it's it's about finding the the way to to bring love and, and joy into all of those moments. It really is. It, it, it just is. And you know that's the heart of God. I mean, it's just, right? I think it's fascinating. The word God in Hebrew is like very similar to the word love, right? Well, yeah. I, I guess if you were to, to try and pronounce the unpronounceable name, it would sound pretty close, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it just, it, 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 it's, it's really a beautiful thing. And I, I'm, I'm so glad. I cannot tell you how thrilled I am. I got a chance to talk with you today, Rabbi and Jeannie, but we just got a minute or two left. If you got a last word for our audience, make sure they go out and get uh, embodied Kabbalah. Yeah, absolutely. If, if you're looking to... Uh, find a treasure trove that has yet to really hit the world all about finding these wonderful connections between people dealing with sadness and grief is also learning how to celebrate in a really whole way and and living a balanced life embodied kabbalah is an accessible tool for your library Again, it's at kingdompursuits.com, but you can just look it up under Embodied Kabbalah. Pretty easy to find. And Jeannie, how about you? What's what's something you wanted to get said today you didn't get a chance to say? Well, when as my book title, When Hope Met Hopelessness, I was truly hopeless in the midst of our devastating loss. And through God's grace and timing, I, I rediscovered his hope. And I wanted people to know that eventually their pain will dull. And one day they will find themselves smiling as they think of a sweet memory of years past. And whether they are currently smiling or still sobbing, God is there with them. And that he hears their cries and invites them to lean into him for comfort. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, that, that is a remarkable thing that your testimony, right? What you have experienced shows so many people. So thank you for both of you for the courage to step in there and do what you felt God led you to do to write these books. And so for those of you listening, if God is telling you to go buy these books, you just go to kingdompursuits.com and click on that. And we're just grateful that you're listening. We are so grateful you're listening. You got so much truth coming at you. You got encouraging prayer followed up by Masculine Journey and then Man Up with Nikita Koloff, the Russian Nightmare. He's coming at you at 1230. So much truth coming at you on the Truth Network. Thanks for listening. This is the Truth Network.